Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York City, from the tiny little place called Fire Island, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver, at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely, lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg. And she is at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Catbox, Mixcloud, and the list goes on. In fact, we're proud to be voted the number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two also on CaringVillage.com. And we have a especially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. <laughs> we met this girl, she's a girl, in uh, New York at the National Publicity Summit, and she has an interesting story, caregiving with laughter, joy, and practicality when our loved ones decline, how we can approach the care with hope, optimism, and love, and yes, even some humor. Ellen Rittberg was a caregiver to her mother for six years. She represented uh, also, senior citizens in guardianship and mental hygiene proceedings and learn from what she saw and from uh, the things he spoke to caregivers about, including uh, many caregiver professionals. But before we get started, I want to thank my last week's guest, Susan Zimmerman. How do you find hope in difficult times? Licensed marriage therapist. And just to remind you, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one, on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, and also on those other platforms that I mentioned earlier. Okay, enough of that. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Ellen. And we are so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's Ellen Ritberg. Saying that name right, correct? Yeah, yes, and that is a feat because nobody gets <laughs> Ellen Ritberg. I, I, it's a mouthful. I agree. <laughs> we've, got, we've got two Bergs on the show. We've got uh, uh, Adrian Gruberg and we've got Ellen Ritberg. Uh, let me just start by asking you the question I ask everybody who comes on the show. <laughs> uh, who is Ellen Ritberg and why was she placed on this earth? Oh, that's a, that's a very wonderfully meaty philosophical question, but I'll try to be very <laughs> succinct about it. Um, I am at this point in my life, and I think I've been this way for like most of my life. I, I, I ask without realizing that I'm asking, and I, am I adding or subtracting from the universe? I mean, I really, I really want to live my life that way. I, I, I am naturally, I'm told, kind. I try not to gossip. I am empathetic. <laughs> And all of those things are really good for when you're a caregiver. So, um, you know, I got into the caregiving space when my mother fell on the night of my first humorous self-help book, which was called 35 Things Your Teen Won't Tell You. So I will. And, <laughs> and I was staying with my mom temporarily. And I realized I just couldn't leave mom alone in the house by herself. So um, 
I didn't leave <laughs> for six years, even though I was newly divorced and wanted to start my life and had all these plans and had taken a job in Brooklyn, which is nowhere near Roslyn, New York, where my mom lived and where I had grown up. And so that's who I am. And I'm an attorney who for many years represented seniors in guardianships and also wrote reports for judges to tell them was a guardianship needed um, if, you know, at all? And if so, what were the parameters? What should be the parameters? So you'd think that I knew lots when I entered the caregiving gig, but guess what? Um, you know, I, I say stress makes me stupid. So I really couldn't use a lot of my professional knowledge in my own personal life. And that makes me very relatable, if you will. Wow. So you're probably capable of being a judge if you wrote a book that judges are reading. Yeah, well, I ran, I ran twice, but I lost, at which point I said, I really like being an attorney. I'm going to remain an attorney in the trenches. And that's what <laughs> I did for 29 years. <laughs> So you wrote some interesting books with some interesting titles. Uh, you just you mentioned the first one. What's that other book that you? Uh, oh, hello. May I just um you know be errantly self promotional? It's called <laughs> Why Is Grandma Naked, Caring for Your Aging Parent, and um the title was a result of brainstorming with my son, who's a a screenwriter and a stand up comic, and he's <laughs> an active stand up comic. He's been doing it for years. And my daughter, who's a, a, a digital producer, and so she's and a good writer. And so we came up with that title. And, and, the, and then my son said, your book is really funny. I'm commissioning the cover. So here's the cover, which, <laughs> you know, I don't know that, that, I, that the artist needed to show the very, you know, this part. But there it is, for better or for worse. <laughs> you see a little crack there. Just yeah, I didn't want to say the word something crack. <laughs> All the four-year-olds love that. <laughs> what does it mean when he says commission the the the, the title the cover. or the, the cover? Co the cover. You know, with ebooks, your cover is mega mega important. Yes. And and having a title that really like you know makes people yes. well, it makes people take take notice. Like they want to click on it and buy my book. I and see. so I'm, you know, I'm excited to say when it first came out, it was number one in aging parents, and I feel really good about that. All right. Good, good for him. So you were a caregiver. How did that happen? <laughs> Just fall into it? Did someone take a vote and you won? Or did you volunteer? How uh, did someone become a caregiver like you? That, okay, that is a great question. What I find is from my professional experience and from my own personal experience, there's usually, if there's more than one sibling, one of the siblings just takes control or, or does you know, a lots more of the hands-on things. And in my case, um, I had one sister that didn't live nearby and my other sister had retired somewhat recently and I felt she worked so darn hard. I really didn't want to ask her to do things, which, you know, looking back on it, I wanted to do everything, the martyr mentality. What can I say? And so I did myself. Yeah. We've all been there. Right. And thinking yeah. I could do everything. Yeah. So I became the caregiver by default and realizing I've got to do this. You know, I was working full time. And at the beginning, mom needed me to come home, make dinner, watch Jeopardy with her, watch yeah. Wheel of Fortune with her, and, you know, et cetera. And then it's it like became more things that I had yeah. What's that? Yeah, she sounds like Rain Man. <laughs> Jeopardy. Wheel uh, of Fortune. <laughs> if you saw the movie. 
Yes, I do. I can, I can relate to watching Jeopardy. I had to do it with my mother-in-law every night. <laughs> and I have a chapter about Jeopardy, which if I read something, I was thinking of reading that one chapter. chapter. But, you know, there's any number of chapters that are very relatable because, you know. Does Jeopardy really keep your mind sharp like jigsaw puzzles and you won't get dementia? Or? Well, well, in my mother's case, she did develop dementia, but part of what I describe is how you can even watch Jeopardy even when mom can no longer a- answer the questions or ask the questions. But she still loved it, huh? Loved it to pieces. And I, you, I, mean, I can, t- I can tell that. you how, either by reading the chapter or by telling you your, your call. <laughs> I want to know what you think was going on in her mind. She, she couldn't understand the questions or the answers. Okay. She enjoyed listening to it. What do you think was going on? Okay. I knew actually mom still was verbal. Okay. But she had lost, <laughs> you know, some of the higher functions and she now, um, what I decided to do is meet her on her, on her ground, on her uh-huh. level. And she, like everybody that watched Jeopardy loved Alex Trebek. So <laughs> what we do is we would talk about his wardrobe. I'd say, mom, <laughs> Isn't his tie amazing? And mom would say, he's such a good dresser. Or, or, we, or we really, we were very attached. I became very attached to him too. And I would say to my, a mom and I noticed his hand was in a cast. This was before, unfortunately, he developed cancer. You know, I think it was pancreatic cancer that ultimately took his life. But we both noticed it was very obvious, but he didn't mention it right away. So like for a few days, we discussed, oh, I hope he's Okay. You know, oh, dear, did he fall? And then he, he addressed the audience one night and said, for those of you that have been asking, you know, and, and also I think mom liked what I call the blissed out set. You know, it's lucite and it's blue and it kind of looks like Disneyland or something. <laughs> she really liked that set. I, we always found something to talk about. <laughs> Go ahead with your question, Adrian. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that you're an attorney. Um, how, did, how did your experience as an attorney affect or, or help you as a caregiver with your mom? And um, did it? Okay, that's a great question. And which goes back to my issue of stress. Now, I had from time to time taken s- seminars about dementia and and guardianships. So I had either through my, in my professional life or through a seminar, known that people who develop dementia sometimes take off their clothes uh, and not like before bedtime and not like in the privacy of a room where there aren't, there isn't a picture window on a main street as my mother once disrobed in front of the den picture window just got up. Now, when she did it, we were sitting at the table, the bridge table. We, we weren't playing bridge, but I'll call it a bridge table. And mom just started just, you know, whipping it off. And I was like, mom. <laughs> and very stupidly, because I say stress makes me stupid. I, I said, why did you do that? After I, you know, closed the curtain really fast because mom lived on two major streets. <laughs> and of course I didn't get an answer, but you know, <laughs> she did it because it felt good. <laughs> like toddlers who whip off their diapers. It just yeah. felt good. <laughs> I guess so. I was going to ask you what was the most surprising thing you ever discovered about being a caregiver to your mother. 
Uh, maybe that was it, but maybe you've got another one. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, there were there were there were a lot of them because one of the things is is you your parents' personality is specific to them. Okay, and in my mother's case, she always thought people didn't like her. People were talking about her. I'll call it a minor, you know, paranoia or a yeah. harmless delusions. But she would have these sightings. I'll call them sightings of neighbors she hadn't seen in, in 20 or 30 years. And I actually took her to over to a computer when she insisted that there was somebody in a car next to her in a parking lot who turned to the passenger who was that lady's daughter. And she insisted it was somebody she had carpooled with 40 years ago. And she insisted the woman said about my mother in the car next to her, she looks old. And my mother was beside herself that this woman who she carpooled with said this nasty comment to her. And I got so frustrated and it's so silly. I said, mom, let's go to the computer. We went to the computer. I Googled the lady's name. I knew in my mind she was either, um, she had either gone as in gone off this earth or gone to Florida, like a lot of people in New York. And there was, there was Mrs. G's name living in Florida. <laughs> and I, at that point, I said, She's home I, for why, why am I trying to convince my mother that Mrs. G wasn't the lady next to us that was saying a rude remark that had nothing to do with her? <laughs> so there's lots of that. Um, you say you were transformed by your caregiving experience. How, how so? Oh, that's, that's, that's really a, something I really like to talk about. Um, I say we bring caregiving ourselves to the caregiving experience. And most of us do it with a wholehearted approach, which I did. But, you know, it depends upon what your relationship is with your parent. Lucky for me, I had a relatively uncomplicated um, relationship with my mom. I did get along with her, right? But doing those hands-on things, showering my mom for the first time, um, you know, shopping for her, taking her shopping when she refused to buy a, a dress for my daughter's wedding one week before the wedding and getting ridiculously, all these things, all, you know, ridiculously frustrated, all of these things really transform you. And I feel they made me even more empathetic, more kind, more understanding of just everybody in the world and, and less judgmental. So that's how I think I ended up changed or transformed, if you will. You know, caregivers make mistakes all the time. I made a zillion of them. Mm. I'm sure you've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Okay. What would you not do differently? Okay, great. Two, two questions, two things. I would have asked for help sooner, okay, of, of my siblings. <laughs> okay. I would have created a support system earlier. Because little by little, I needed, and I did add things in. I added in a companion to take her places. I was gone all day. I didn't want to leave mom to make her own lunch, et cetera. And she, at some point, she, I, she stopped driving or I took away the car keys. Um, and so those are two things that I, you know, I think that I didn't realize I had to do at, a, at the point in time when maybe I had to start doing it. Got her involved in social problem pro programs, senior citizen programs. She'd never been a joiner, but... I could have probably gotten her in those programs early because she absolutely loved them. Even in her, you know, her uh, cognitively, she had declined and she wasn't a very sociable person except when we went on cruises together. <laughs> um, so those are two things that I, I think that I would have done sooner. And, um, and of course, maybe taken away the car keys because I say, her car looked like a Picasso sculpture and she always had really, uh, I don't know, great bogus excuses for the little dings and dents on her car. Yeah. But 
Yeah. I never saw blood. There was, you know, she never hit, she never hit, you know, uh, animate things. So. <laughs> sounds like you know. my teenager. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's another thing. So how right? is she sociable on cruises? That's interesting. That's really interesting. My mother, I, I would say, was an almost pathologically shy person. Uh, <laughs> she had a good sense of humor. And like my father had been, had been dead many years. She said to me, your father, I called him voiceover because he spoke for the two of us. I think that's kind <laughs> of a funny thing to say, right? When she went on cruises, we would go on a cruise where they put you at a set table where you don't know people. Right. Uh-huh. And for some reason, my mother felt she wasn't being judged. And in that, in not feeling judged, she was a person who was self-educated and read a lot. And she never trotted out her knowledge, but she was interesting to talk to. So, I mean, we could be at a, We were at a table with somebody who was the sheriff of Nottingham. And, he, you know, and he wasn't in time travel. He wasn't in Robin Hood. He was an actual sheriff. And when we talked to my mother, he said to me, your mother is such an interesting person because she read a lot of biographies. She uh-huh. liked history. So, you know, she brought something to the table and got very confident and outgoing. Mm. So in answer to your question, putting, p- figuring out what makes your parent tick, even as they change and their personality changes, right. very helpful. Yeah. Well, I hope you took her on a lot of cruises. <laughs> I, di- I did. I was a guest lecturer um, ah. for a number of years. I actually taught creative writing. Um on my cruises, I used to, I'm also a playwright and I'm also a poet. So I would do, I did transatlantic cruises. I, did, I took, um, you know, she went to Polynesia with me. We went, went, we went many places and I, I feel gratified that I could show her that, that that was she loved best. Wonderful. Yeah, a lot of pictures, right? A lot of pictures. I should post more of them on my sure. Ellen Rittberg author website and Facebook, <laughs> you know, <laughs> little plug for my, uh, you know, for my what website you, Ellen, uh, or ellenrittberg.com. <laughs> yeah. And everybody go and do likewise, do fun things with your loved one. You know, maybe yes. you can go on cruises, but you can do other things, you know, you yes. be creative. Yeah. Dave. So, so well said, you know, I <laughs> took mom to the orchid show at the Brooklyn Botanical <laughs> Gardens and that was a very crowded show. She was already in a wheelchair cause she couldn't walk. A barely uh-huh. at all or just no distance and do you know everybody gave us you know everybody gave us a wide berth nobody stood in their path I mean it really is gratifying to how people realize about your parent and you know that they, yeah. they have their own needs and, and and they need to accommodate them mm-hmm. she reminds me of Lisa and her mother Adrian yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us who's Lisa tell us Lisa Hirsch um, her mother had had Alzheimer's for 19 years. Uh, she passed. She passed this year. She was just shy of 100. And, uh, Lisa. Lisa just found found her mother after her mother became uh, ill. How wonderful! How uh, wonderful! Developed a relationship and you know, yeah. Oh. You know, caregiving is a gift. We don't look at when we're in it and we're, I say, I was a, like a human stress ball. You know, those little balls you squeeze, right? You can, if you looked at me, I think I, I, think I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't as, as lovely to look at as, as on a good day, you know, <laughs> on a day before caregiving. Let's put it to you that way. But, you know, we are, we, we do benefit from it. And, and, and relationship-wise, I became very close to my mom. I learned mm-hmm. all kinds of things about her. She opened up to me and told me things she told no one else. I felt, um, you know, uh, you know the uh, the smothers brothers. 
I was the favorite. You know, I didn't feel I was the favorite, but you feel favored. Right. Mom always liked me best. Right. It, Mom always liked me best. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it wasn't true, embrace it, right? Embrace it while you're showering your mom and, you know, getting a bit freaked out by the experience. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's interesting, Sh- showering your mother for the first time. I never had to do that. Um, um how, how do you think caregivers can become better caregivers? Is it, is it a natural thing? Uh, that is such a good question. Um, it, it, I have a philosophy. I think that every person on the planet pretty much needs to feel needed. Okay. We, and those of us that had, have children, whether they're grown or young, you know, we certainly felt needed when we were parents. I'm a grandparent. Uh, the first five uh, months of COVID, I, I stepped into the parents' shoes while the parents worked, and I felt so needed and so happy to be able to do the things that I was doing. And do you know, in, in so far as thinking to myself as I showered my mom, hmm, I'm probably going to look like this down the road, you know? even, even though I used to be a gym rat for a lot of my years prior to caregiving, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a wake up call. And it, it actually, I think, keys us into what it is like to age and what the aging body is, if you will, you know, yeah. we all start looking like our parents. don't we? I know. <laughs> Uh, you know. Even if you were a Pilates pert, right? Even if you did your Pilates and what, what have you, right? Yeah. So are you saying that you you sort of put yourself in that position to to become a better caregiver to understand what she might be going through? Yes, I. You know what? That's such a an insightful question, and thank you for asking me that, Adrian, because. One of the things is, is my mother was always a, a very serious, most of the time, very serious, dignified and quiet person. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give her the respect that she deserved. Even, you know, we should all respect our parents, you know. So, um, you know, it was a way it was a way to make, I think, my, it easier. I, I don't th- I think on some level it was almost like a subconscious thing. If you, you know what I mean? I, I think that was underlying how I approached my task. I approached it with an open heart. And I wasn't resentful and I didn't feel, oh, why am I doing this? I never felt that way. And, you know, I became more um, philosophical about it afterwards. And when I started to write this book, but I also um, I write humorous how to books. I mean, I started out as a humorous essayist. My second essay was published in The New York Times. I like to write one because it helps people. You know, as I say, you have all these stresses and your plate is usually very, very full, even if you're doing it full time and don't have a full-time job. It's a very intensive thing you're going through and you need somebody to help you lighten the load. So um, I'm hoping why is grandma naked caring for your aging (laughs) parent does that, right? (laughs) You know, I always talk about how support is so important and just not neglecting your social activities. You know, if you used to go out with a friend uh, to the gym every Tuesday, keep doing it and, you know, you need some kind of place where yeah. you can vent, but you shouldn't yeah. vent to those friends who you depend on social activities. You should keep them separate. The support should go to the support group or people who are probably caregivers like you. Mm-hmm. You vent with them. They vent with you. You know, you get it both off of your chest and you feel better. And then because if you do that to your friends, they're going to stop calling. They're going to stop coming by. Nobody wants to be around Debbie Downer. Have you found that's true? Um, I, well, you know, I... I found that my, my older sister um, 
it was a really good person to to vent to and to bounce ideas off mm-hmm. off of. You know, thank God she was there because she wasn't doing the hands-on stuff. And so she was always available. And you know, I don't know, I did it, you know, all that often. I did it enough so that when I was really stressed out, she approached it with more of a logic and more of an objectivity, even though it's it's our yeah. mother yeah. than I had, because I was too close to the situation. So, you know, if you have a sibling that's doing, you know, you could say less, you know, less, and they're, they're not just not involved yeah. in the day-to-day, t- you know, hands-on stuff, call, call upon them because, you know, they're going to want to pitch in, you know, include yeah. your siblings yeah. if you can, and if they want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had my younger sister built a ramp and that was really wonderful. Yeah. Her and her significant other. And that was so, so vital to helping mom get out of the house, you know? Yeah. And siblings uh, are different from uh, friends because friends, they, have, they don't have a clue what's going on. They don't have a clue what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the ones that you need to shield and protect. The siblings typically, you know, if it's a parent, uh, they're a part of it. So, yeah, you're right. She was kind of a caregiver, too. So you were two caregivers venting to each other, kind of. Mm. Yeah, or she could come up with a, she, I would, you know, she came up with a suggestion that was helpful that I hadn't thought of in my, right. in my stress and, and kind of, I, I say stress makes me stupid. So I hadn't thought of it. And who knows, you know, her mind, we're very different in personality. So she looked at yeah. it differently, you know. Um, I, I mean, I think you you sort of answered this question already uh, about the things that contributed to your mother's happiness. Other than the cruises, what could you do to okay. make your mother happy? Okay. Um, it, 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 generally speaking, you know, in her early stages of, you know, she had judgment issues. She liked going out to dinner, um, you know, and I'd come home from work. And I, I say I only had I only had three recipes. I really wasn't a very good cook. <laughs> so I mean, I understand she might have gotten tired of my recipes, but she would very gently let me know she'd like to go, you know, eat at a diner. <laughs> we went to a diner where we where we both got separate salads, but we could share the main course because they give us a big main course. It was a uh-huh. so so that was something I could I could do for but she her. She had tact even in her uh, state. She really did. She really did. She used to say to me. Ellen, would you mind getting me a glass of water? I just thought to myself, I'm your daughter. I'm up in, I'm, whether you know, I'm sitting down or just at the other end of the house, I'm happy to do that for you. She was very, you know, shy and, 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 you know, undemanding, which, you know, I guess. Wow. Is, you know, and she good, knew who you were always. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. You know, I'd say really almost you know, to the, you know, I would say almost. What to a the blessing. End, yeah. Yeah, it is a blessing. But what else I did that I think was important is, I got, as I say, I got her involved in a social group and this very dignified lady um, ended up like putting on for Hall- the Halloween party at the frail elderly group, Glencoe Senior Center. I love you. Uh, I have a picture. They took a picture to show me. It was mom wearing a fright wig. I mean, one of these black things, and, ah, you know, and, I, and mom smiling broadly and having the time of her life. And she never joined groups throughout her entire adult life. And, and she made, you know, she made a spoon holder with the arts and crafts stuff. She never did arts and crafts. She did things she would not have normally done, you know, pre her, you know, her, her declining state or her, you know, cognitively diminished state, if you will. I mean, you said that um, she was sort of shy about asking for water and things. Was was she always like that, or <laughs> she real? She always she always was. She always was. You it's, know, our per- parents' person. Like my father was a salesman, and I have a more yeah. me and my 
me and my sister were one of my sisters. We have outgoing personalities, but she was, you know, a very, a very quiet person. And it could be because she was married for years to somebody who was a voiceover, who the heck knows. But I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with your <laughs> childhood and she didn't have a happy childhood and she learned not to, you know, make noise or, you know, she learned wow. silence and silence can be, you know, not a good thing. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we learn lessons from our parents and passivity, yes, as we all know, is, is not really good. You have to ask for what you want, you know, or, or do what you want sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm running out of questions here, but I wanted to ask you the opposite of happiness. Uh, when and how does your mother get upset or irritated or just not a nice person? Uh, okay. I don't remember her that way, but okay. All right. who are dealing with this. Uh, and unlike you, they're dealing with it all the time. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Mom got very, how should we say, unnice when I forgot to bring her home blueberries. And I will explain <laughs> to you about blueberries. And I'll explain ah. to you in my book, I talk about routines. I don't know about you. I'm a very habitual person. I mean, if it were even except for like during COVID, every morning I'd go out and eat that same bagel and get those hard boiled eggs and my coffee made the same exact way. And I used to stop at the same coffee stand and the person knew me, right? Well, right. Now, when you have a, a parent that is cognitively declining, boy, do those routines and expectations become more hardened, if you will, and they need them to feel that they live in an orderly universe. So what happened, right? Was, um, I came home one day really, really tired. Um, I usually stopped at the um, at the grocery store, I didn't I ask for the food to be delivered. I like to pick mom's fruit for her. And I was just too tired. And the minute I walked in, mom said, where are my blueberries? And I was like, yeah. oops, I, I felt so <laughs> darn guilty. She, she let me know. She didn't scream. She just let me know how unhappy she was. You know, she didn't give me the silent treatment as she would have when I was like growing up and I was rude to her, <laughs> you know, but it was, it wasn't fun, you know, and, and bear that in mind. I think that that's something we can learn if you're a caregiver and you're newly at that task or you're going to be doing it. Don't disturb routines at work and make them happy. Do not well, if that's the worst you've got, then you were a very blessed person. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Let Sounds me tell like you a real something. sweetheart. Uh, well, you know what? I, I, thank you for that. You know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, if we are blessed with cheerfulness, and not everybody is, I realize this at a certain point in my life. Being cheerful is a blessing. We all have, we all have, we all can have our dark, you know, a dark day or a day when we get real, you know, ne- like you say, Debbie Downer or negative. Yeah. But we know that. Um, that's not our, our essential self, if you will, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and so it's a, if you do have that or you can find the things that make you more cheerful and they're not injurious to people, do them, you know? <laughs> make sure to do them. We are all entitled to happiness. Amen. So mm-hmm. let's talk about your books. Um, why don't you take a minute or two and read a funny part in okay. your naked grandma book? Okay. <laughs> All righty. Um, how I'm going to, I'll read you a section that has to do with elevated status. Okay. Cause you're going to have, if you're the person, if you're the, the person that steps in, okay. You're the designated hit, hitter. Okay. So you're an, you're in an elevated position in the eyes of others, other family members, including your adult children, if you have any, and your siblings may tell you what a good child you are. However, you probably won't hear their hosannas. You're too busy caring for your parent. The benefits of doing right by your parents are, one, you're setting a great example for your children who, 
when you show signs of decline may rise to the occasion, the occasion being you, okay? <laughs> Me. <laughs> however, much, however much your friends and some of your relatives respect you, they will respect you all the more because you haven't sought out their praise. And if you do seek out praise, Really? Do you really need to? You should feel good that you assume the position of chief caregiver, decision maker, because A, you believe in the concept of respecting your parent. Okay, B, so you don't totally buy into that concept, but you still love your parent. C, once you embarked upon the journey, you decided there was no turning back. D, all of the above, or E, you're not sure which of the above you agree with, but okay, one of the above, you know, that's not one of my, <laughs> that's not one of my funniest ones. I mean, I have, a ch I have chapters about incontinence. I mean, there's chapters about, you know, just things that just tickle you about how they totally lose their inhibitions and yeah. you have to deal, you have to deal with the, the fallout from it. They say outrageous things to people and like, you know, yeah. Yeah. you're like, <laughs> you've got to you have to, have to be embarrassed. Yes, yes, you really do. You're, you know, this, you know, you have to figure out strategies that work for you. But I give you, I tell you this while you're going through them, um, you know, and I tell you that um, you can't meet all your all your parents' needs. We're not all good at everything, you know. No one is, you know. <laughs> Get off that high horse, you know. Right. Yeah, you know, my, my wife can't speak anymore. And so we we joke around a lot. We're a very happy, uh, funny relationship. And some people, you know, they, they just look at people like us and they think that we should be serious. You know, there's a serious thing that's happened. <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, joking around like it's no big deal. They just don't get it, you know. But um, maybe one day they will that uh, laughter is healing to the bones. And if I don't laugh, you know, you might just have to cry, you know? Yeah. You know what? Oh, so true. So very true. Or sometimes you can almost laugh until you cry, you know, like yeah. when I saw my mother naked in front of the window, it, you're not laughing at her. You're just laughing at the absurdity of, and it is an absurd situation that you never thought you yourself would deal with. You, you know, even if you saw it professionally, it doesn't matter. You know, it works the other way too. You can cry until you laugh. <laughs> 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 Those yeah. emotions are very tied to each other. Oh, yeah, How can someone get a hold of you if they want to buy your books or talk to you or pick your brain or just uh, oh, have a good laugh with you over the phone or okay. email? Okay. Well, I have a website, which is um, Ellen Rittberg. That's E-L-L-E-N-R-I-T-T-B-E-R-G.com. And I, um, I have a professional email address, which is Ellen at EllenRittberg.com. Um, on my website, I've got wonderful podcasts such as yours. And, and we, you know, my, my resources are interviews and, um, and articles I've written and essay, funny essays I've written. Um, so visit my website, but my, my book can be found on Amazon and all the major platforms. If, if so, there are some people they don't want to buy from Amazon for whatever reason, I'm on Google Play. <laughs> those, of you, my, those of you in Canada, I'm on Kobo. I'm on all of those <laughs> platforms. My book is everywhere. Just Google "Why Is Grandma Naked." You don't need the subtitle "Caring for Your Aging Parent." It's probably in China too. And for those I, you people know what? Boycott China. Oh, you can go to other places. Yeah, and I and I'll just tell you, I um I do have a, a poetry book that just came out um, this past month called "He Is Walking Wider," and it's about mm -hmm. family members and there's poems about mom and uh, some of them are funny. They're about dating, which is 
you know, it can be funny when you're my age and attempting to date, uh, okay. <laughs> which I didn't while caregiving. It was just, I didn't have any of the emotional juice for that, you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great meeting you. It was a great show. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and thank you so much for having, I mean, we've had fun. I mean, isn't, isn't life yeah. about, you know, like you yeah. say, how do, yeah. how do we exist without laughter, really? Did you have fun, Adrian? Oh, well, it's always fun talking to new people and hearing what they have to say and being stimulated. And, and, and you have such a positive attitude. It's very refreshing. That's what so do, so do both of you. I mean, it's really, I have to say, you know, this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many are not fun. They're miserable. They're, they're always negative. They're always looking at the worst case scenario. You know, I'm 35,000 on my Facebook page. Adrian has hundreds of thousands on hers. Wow. And many, many I want to talk to you. Wow. Not everything, you know. So it, you are a rare flower mm. in a field of weeds. May I quote you? That's so sweet to say that, really. You know, and we all need affirmations. We all need to hear yeah. good things, don't we, about ourselves and about and about the world and about, you know, how we can, you know, turn something that we think might be a burden or or. or Negative yes. into something positive. Something positive. And life affirming. Yeah. All right. Well, and everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. Thanks again, guys. Bye. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.